We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Create the future you want at Rocky Mountain College of Art and Design, where artistic passion meets your creative purpose. At REMCAD, you can expand your creative skill and confidence in your artistry while immersed in a community of like-minded creative visionaries. Here, you can choose a path in interior design, animation, photography, graphic design, or one of seven other degree programs and choose to learn online or on campus. That's REMCAD. Creative futures start here. Visit rmcad.edu today. This hour is brought to you by Menards. Save big money at Menards. The Bernstein and Holmes Show. Middays 10 a.m. till 2 on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. Dan Bernstein. Lawrence Holmes. Next up, brand new Cub, Trey Mancini. Hello, Trey. How are you? Doing well, guys. How are you? What made you decide that you wanted to be a Cub? It's a fantastic fit, honestly. From the second that I heard that they were interested earlier on in the offseason, something that I was hoping would come to fruition. Trey, appreciate the time. Just uh, make sure you take care of our guy, Ian Happ. He's a very good friend of the show. That's our dude. All right, great. Yeah, I, I played Ian in college, actually. He was at Cincy when I was at Notre Dame, so... He took us deep a couple times, I remember that. But yeah, man, we never want to leave the Midwest. We always want to come back, so here we are. Now look, Trey's from Florida, right? Isn't he he from Florida? Originally? Am I crazy or does he sound like a hockey player? I love it. How about this? Well, what the Cubs have done, they brought in some really likable guys. Yep, yep. It'll be fun. Good for them. Meanwhile. Hey, Lloyd, how you doing? Good, happy new year. I really prepare myself for playing outfield no more the ace than outfield no you said you're preparing yourself for playing outfield yeah no more the h okay (laughs) like i'm literally walking out of here yesterday you know i was on my way to the united center and i'm like what did you do in the intervening time I wrote, I well, I started one column that was going to run in the Sun-Times tomorrow, and then I ended up, like, scrapping that and then writing a whole new column on Eloy mm-hmm. afterwards. Because I'm, like, I'm texting the guys as I'm going down the escalator. Guys, we got to talk about this Eloy press conference thing. His Zoom. I'm like, come on, man. So I just sat here and, like, hung out. And, and hug Ryan Arnold and Ty saw you you yeah, was, you able to talk with Ryan. You know what what he told me? I don't know if he told you um, that XRT yesterday at the time that he and I talked, which was about what two twenty two thirty. He is a guy, by the way. If you're an XRT listener, looks nothing like he sounds. Really? You think you think not? The opposite of Church. Oh, that's right. Sharch is the guy who looks most like he sounds. He 100% looks like he sounds. But Ryan, Ryan's such a good dude. He told me that for the tribute to Lynn yesterday, they got 2.5 million streams. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. That's, that's great. And he also said, he said that they felt like 
Lynn was haunting them and mocking them. How so? At the beginning of the tribute, Marty's mic didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) And then, I guess, they couldn't get... You would have gone nuts. Yar. They couldn't get the studio warm. They cranked it all the way up to 85 degrees. Talking to my life. And they couldn't get it warm. So they were like, oh, Lynn's just laughing at us. Like, he's just like, oh, you're going to do a tribute to me? Watch this. And it was just great. It was great to talk with him and some of the people over at XRT. Uh, thanks to listeners of The Score. I was just going to say that. I mean, I, personally, I, I wanted to start out by just the support. The, yeah. the people really came out, you know, when they say during difficult times, you really know who your friends are. And whether it was people via Twitter or text or email, long-time people, short-time people who just kind of could feel what everybody is is going through. And getting getting through that first day, getting through the, the you know, coming in here cold on a, on a Monday and having to, to, to go through all that, it was... It was a good day on for for Odyssey Chicago. It was a it was a it was a a, a a day where everybody was was here for the same reasons. And thanks for everyone's understanding and and awareness and support. Yeah, I I truly like that. And one of the things that I've come to really appreciate about people who listen to this station is the understanding of sometimes our our format will be broken. And the trust that you show in us to understand that when we take the train off the track, we will figure out a way to get it back on there. And people understood that yesterday was a pretty difficult day for both of us because of our relationship with Lynn. And we also understood that it's difficult for people who loved Lynn. So trying to strike the right balance between our own grief and the grief that the city is feeling along with what our jobs are to, when, when we crack these microphones, getting that support back from people who, who got it. And the great job that our production staff did yesterday, Ray Diaz and Mike Rankin really like did great work to in some cases, like break us, yeah, <laughs> right? Almost I didn't see some of that stuff coming, but but understanding like the 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 assignment and the goal was to for people who didn't know Lynn for them to understand why he was so special, and for the people that did know Lynn to give them some of that, knowing that they probably needed it as they're trying to work through the grief of losing him. Yeah, and I I, I stayed over and, and sat in the producer's studio to hear Chris Tannehill's open. He's amazing. And it was really something. It was really, I, I needed it. And I, it was it was meaningful to me and it, to help every, all of us sort of process this stuff. But there's uh, there are a lot of people here who are really, really good at their jobs. They are. And and, and, and Tanny is the best to do it. And it's it's... I'm I'm honored that he used to be like the producer on my, the sound guy on my little stupid show and mine. Yep, and look at what he's done. It's incredible. We're broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. We do have Ray Diaz and Mike Rankin and Brandon Fryer and Connor O'Donnell and everybody doing the work that they do. And I, I am uh, 
I, I'm trying to meet the White Sox more than halfway in their in this regime change. I really am. I you you've, you've got to believe me that that I am. I want this to be a fresh start, and I I wish to hell they could undo those last two years and make them not happen and rewind this whole clock, but they can't. And all it does is add more urgency. And and if you feel like I'm picking on them. It's because they they haven't earned the benefit of the doubt after putting us through what they put us through for no good reason. For no good reason. They, they forced us to endure two years of crap that we knew there was... Self-inflicted wounds. It wasn't. And, it wasn't Monday morning quarterbacking. No, it was predictive, and 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 everyone who saw, like, oh, this guy's. This is a mistake. Bad match. Terrible hire. Wrong for the culture. Slamming the brakes on everything that they had going for him, and it all bore out. All of it, one way or the other. It 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 all came down on him with the Cleveland Guardians just boat racing them, and then making fun of them and rubbing their nose in it. And it sucked. So I am trying. I and I'm. I'm, I'm I, I want this to be a fresh start that recaptures whatever magic you thought you had. But with every day that goes by, I get more dubious. I'm like you, Dan. I I've been kind of doing an audit of our coverage of the White Sox last year, and I feel like it was fair. But I also think that it had an edge to it. And so I've been thinking going into the offseason, like, you know, I think I had that moment where I was like, I'm just going to let all of this go. Like, or I'm going to try to let all of this stuff from the 2022 season go and, and step into this and try to look at it with a fresh pair of eyes. But, but you can't. And then inside of this offseason with the White Sox, there was all the other stuff where it's like, you're doing the same thing when it comes to roster construction. You've got too many redundancies still, and the two positions that people have been begging you to fix for the last four off seasons, second base and right field, you still haven't done it. And what's your plan? Well, our plan is to let two young guys play the spots in a, in a time when it's supposed to be you're still kind of in your you're at the end of your winning window, right? So you're doing the same thing over again. Then there's the well, we're not gonna do Sox Fest. And it's like, oh, you scared? Like and, and won't tell us why. And won't tell us why. And and maybe it's the Liam stuff. I but I but I feel like they handled that better than anything. Like of all of the stuff that the White Sox have done this offseason, their handling of Liam Hendricks has been exemplary. So I'm stuck with I I want to be fair. I'm I'm tr- I'm bending over backwards to see things from their perspective on this. But I I don't know how to now. Like there's so much scar tissue from what happened over the last couple of years. And if I felt like they were really trying, and I, I know that their whole thing is, we just got to show you. Like, we can't do any talking about any of this stuff. We just got to show you. Fine. But, but the stuff that you're showing me as it pertains to how your team is built 
is very similar to what I've seen over the last four seasons. And it strikes me as not being um, a winning combination. And hopefully I'm wrong. But even when we hear the players talk about it, you and I were talking last week. We're like, what's Joe Kelly talking about? Like, it's almost as if they felt ordained to win the American League Central. Like that stuff that Liam was talking about last year. We thought we were going to throw Entitlement. The, right. He used the word. We're going to throw the jerseys out there and we're just going to win. And it kind of feels like they didn't learn the lesson. They say they learned the lesson, but they didn't actually learn the lesson of we weren't very good. We weren't together. We weren't connected. We weren't focused. But you know what? It's just a bad year. We just bad dumb luck with injuries. Things happen. You can't be a you can't simultaneously take responsibility and be a fatalist. Mm. Those those two things can't happen because that's not what the a Terry Francona team does. They don't say we're just going to be buffeted by the winds of baseball fate and we'll end up where we're supposed to end up. That's no way to approach a season. It's we're going to round first base hard every single time. We're going to make sure our defense is set based on a plan every single time that around the margins, when it, when the 162 adds up, because we are concentrating, because our lineup decisions have a little bit more foresight and a little bit more awareness and we're communicating better, we're going to be in a better position around the edges of the edges down to the that third decimal space where runs prevented and runs scored is going to be more in our favor than yours. It's stupid stuff too, Dan, where I'd feel more comfortable, and I get that he's still rehabbing from an injury, but considering the amount of money that he signed for, Danny Mendick would be a better choice at second base than the choices that are put in front of us right now, and it wouldn't have cost you anything like in in the grand scheme of things it would have cost you nothing to bring him back and I'm not saying that I'm pining for Danny Mendick all I'm saying is, is that that would feel like a more prepared version of White Sox baseball than the one that we have at this moment they could sign someone there's still free agents that are out there that would be better choices than what I think they have as it stands it's just it's like I'm waiting for they put out a pump video like this was another thing. There was a a really slickly produced like pump video, and the video people over there are great. They know what they're doing, but inside of that, there's there's way too much of the young guys that I'm not expecting anything from in the video. Like I don't know, man. I I I'd love to have another baseball season with them that I could really enjoy. And I do like what I've heard from Pedro Grafol. I think that he has the right, he has the mentality that I'm looking for to manage the White Sox. And then yesterday happens and you go, oh, we're back on. So one of your problems is, is now front and center. So someone's saying, well, what's Lawrence talking about with what happened yesterday? Well, that's what we'll get to next on the score. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. I've spoken to Eloy. Obviously, Benny uh, comes here to play left field. That's what he's done his whole career, and he's, he's really good at it. I've spoken to Eloy. I've told him to continue to, to work on in, to work in the outfield, to work some in right field as well. So that conversation has already been had with him. And in true professional matter, Eloy is like whatever's best for this ball club and whatever helps us win baseball games. All right, that's Pedro Grifol. When I say it, I realize now it's Spanish for Peter Griffin. Yeah. <laughs> Lois. <laughs> yeah, I, I, that sounds great. But I, everybody kind of get on the same page here. <laughs> get on back there. Let's, let's, uh, let's talk this out. So you sign Andrew Benatendi. To play left. To play left field. So we know because he can't throw at all. So you know what position he's going to play. Right field is still open. But Oscar Colas has been the guy that the White Sox, Rick Hahn, had made mention of it at the winter meetings. Like they're going to give, they're not giving him the job, but they're giving him the opportunity to win the job. So look, I, I was thinking about this all last night, and I kind of understand Eloy's point of view, which I imagine, and we're going to hear from him in a second is, well, well, you're going to put a guy that has no major league experience out there in right field? I'm standing right here. But the problem is, is that when Eloy plays the field, he gets hurt. He is a danger to himself. And others. And others. He runs into things. He is an agent of chaos. He he is he doesn't know where he's going. And, and let's 
throw that aside for a second. Let's take away the chances that he ends up running over Luis Robert or that he runs into a net or he runs into a wall. The other part is that he's not great at tracking the ball in left field. The easiest position to play. And now you're going to ask the guy who struggles to track the ball in left to play right field. Right field is more important because of the direction in which the bases are run. If you ran from third to second to first, or third was called first and first was called third, then left field would be the more important one. But making that long throw, deterring that base, that extra 90 feet being taken, you don't mind. A misplay in left, fine, it's a double. If if, if the ball gets by you and you've got to go walk to the wall and get it, it's a double. I know there's a lot of Aloy audio that we have to get to, but I want to play this since we're on the topic. This is Aloy Jimenez yesterday talking about the differences between left and right field. Yeah, it's real way different because most of the contacts in left field, you don't know where, it, where it's going to go. So in right field, it's, it's a little bit, well, a lot of difference because every ball the right-hander hitter hit, it have some, most of the time, batsmen. So uh, it's feel way better being there okay did that make sense to you no no i'm not quite sure i understood the right-handed hitter every ball does he say past me because backspin oh backspin the the backspin part of it whatever but if we're talking about right hander right hand hitters who do go to right field there's a slice that's happening with the ball. And without the shift, cases. you're covering so yes. much more territory out there now. It used to be when you were wheeling half of your defense over there and you were able to play somebody shallow and somebody deep and take away the landing spot uh-huh. of some of these typical. Now you're in charge of all of that. There's another part of this. Mike Rankin, Dan Bernstein, do you remember how many times when Eloy was in left field, when a ball would a single would fall in front of him and it would turn into a double because he wasn't coming to get the ball and His he doesn't have upset. a great arm. His arm's fine. Like, there's nothing wrong with it, but he doesn't have a great arm. And guys would take second base on him. They did it to almost all of the White Sox outfielders because of their approach to coming to get the ball. Absolutely, Lawrence. It takes Aloy forever to get to the baseball. Him him tracking it, finding it, then picking it up, and then going through his throwing motion. It, you're, and if you do that in right field... Someone should disabuse him of this notion that he's going to be playing right field and do it summarily. No, but the the manager told the manager said that he wants him to take balls in right field. I, I do want to discuss this a little bit more, but let's let you hear from Eloy as he explained how he's not really feeling the concept of being this team's primary DH. I'm really prepared myself for playing. Outfield, no more DH than outfield, you know. You said you're preparing yourself for playing outfield. Yeah. No more DH than outfield. I've been practicing more in the right field this year, and um, I feel better. I was really working 
every aspect and I feel like moving backward, moving to the side to side. So last year it was, uh, I was in a situation that I need to DH more than play outfield, but this year I'm really preparing myself to play more games in the outfield than DH. If you were asked to DH and spend most of your time DH, would you embrace that role as DH? Uh, I don't know because, like I say early last year, because I was DHing more than the outfield, it was because I got surgery. And I understand that. Uh, but this year I've been working really hard to play in the outfield more than the age. So I don't really think uh, that I'm going to accept it because if I'm working hard, it's because I want to get better and I want to play in the outfield. All right. Help me out here. I didn't hear the whole press conference. Was he asked directly if his preparation to play the outfield is based on instruction he's received from the coaching staff? No, but we we heard Griffol. Well, Griffol communicated with Aloy that Andrew Benintendi is the team's left fielder, so we're going to put you in the outfield, but you're going to have to work in right. All the time? Is the starter? The default starter? No, I don't think that that's the case. It can't be because like this is what I need to know. Have they? Has he been told he is the right fielder? He he is acting as if he is going to play outfield every day. But two of those spots seem to be filled. There is one spot that is available. The White Sox have talked about Oscar Colas being that dude um, in right field. Here's my thing: I don't have a problem with him at 26 years old saying, guys, I can contribute to this team in more ways than being a DH. I'm okay with him trying to learn the position, and I'm okay with him even going to camp and saying, I, I'm going to show them that I can play right field. And at the end of camp, they're like, no, you can't. And we don't have time for you to learn while we're still trying to win games. We don't have time for that. We're going to make you our primary DH. When Ben Attendee has a day off, we are going to try and find time for you to play left occasionally. Occasionally. I'm down with occasionally, but you're the, you're the DH. But you're our primary. You're our run producer. You're the DH. Now You're, you, you're going to get four to five plate appearances a game, and you are to hit the ball hard and preferably over the fence. We need you in the middle of our lineup because you're now really our one true run producer. This is what Pedro Griffold told Bruce Levine and David Haw on Inside the Clubhouse last Saturday. I know this is uh, not something you know, people want to hear, but I, I'm really looking forward to seeing Eloy in right field. And, and I'm not talking about seeing him there every day, but I'm talking about seeing him there you know, maybe a day or two, a, a week if, if possible, and keeping him you know, athletic and keeping him working uh, you know, on the defensive side because I know that helps uh, on, you know, on the offensive side as well. All right, a day or two a week isn't going to kill you. I mean, it might get somebody hurt. A day a week. A, a day. I'm, I like a day a week better than a, two. A day a week in right field against a mostly right-handed hitting lineup. Of, in, depending on the park. Mm-hmm. If it's a manageable right field with a lot of righties, depending on the day, the situation, the park, the pitcher, how much contact, just... You don't just pencil them in to pencil them in. So I, I went over the numbers last night. 
He played 84 games, 50 were, you know, he did some pinch hitting when he was coming back. 50 games as DH, 30 games as an outfielder. His numbers were better. His offensive numbers were better when he was an outfielder. But his numbers as a DH were good. He was like a, a one, I want to say he was a 134 OPS as an outfield, as a uh, DH, and then like a 140 something OPS as an outfielder. He's an 839 uh, OPS plus, I'm sorry. And then he was like an 839 OPS as a DH. So Fine. the slugging was about the same. I think he was 515 as an outfielder and 500 as, as a DH. His bat's so much more important than his glove. And I get that you want to try and keep him happy, but I don't know. Like, I, there's a part of me really is angry at the White Sox about this too. Cause I understand Eloy being like, no, I can, I've been working. I'm, I look at me. I've, I've trimmed down. I'm, I'm, I can do this. I just give me an opportunity. My hamstring's fine. I can do it. But had the White Sox actually brought in a right fielder, they could have just ended this. They could have just said, we got our left fielder, our center fielder, and our right fielder. Eloy, we will look for opportunities for you to get chances in the outfield. Your primary job is going to be to power this offense. So, yeah, when Ben Attendee has a day off, or I'm just going to make up a name. Yeah, but say, they, they could have signed Trey Mancini. Right. Or Michael Brantley, or whatever. Or Conforto. Whomever. Yeah. When those guys have a day off, we will look to try and get you opportunities in the outfield because we respect how hard you have worked to make yourself a good outfielder. But we need the bat, big fella. We've lost the Brayu. We, we've lost the Brayu. We got all these guys coming back from injury. And part of the reason we had to lose a Brayu is we had a first baseman playing right field last year. Correct. So the whole thing is just kind of like, oh, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> look, you're walking into, and maybe, maybe Pedro has embraced it and he's figured out a way to, to use the carrot to, like, lure, to get the, bo- the best out of. I see you working. You know, I see you working. We're going to get you in there. Big fella, man, look, you look great. I, I want you to really be, when you're doing all of your conditioning this offseason, I want you to really be thinking about right field and the, the type of shape that you would need to be in to play right field. It's possible that Pedro Grifol is that type of manager. And I'm here for that. It just made me like, I come on, Eloy. We need 40. 40 home runs from you this year. And you can't have them. If you're on IL. Lawrence, I got the numbers for you. In about 80 more at-bats as a designated hitter, Aloy last year had a 138 weighted runs created with an OPS of 843 versus in left field, he had a 904 OPS with a 159 weighted runs created plus. So better player when he's playing the out, better hitter when he's playing the outfield. But I'm not sure that ends up sustainable over a larger sample. And Frank Thomas said the same thing. Remember, do you remember we, we, yes. we went through this forever with Frank Thomas, and eventually, like Frank, you're you're bad first baseman. You're an, uh, one of the greatest hitters who's ever picked up a bat. Wouldn't it be great if we could just get those five? See, to me, the risk reward is not there. 
the risk of playing Eloy out in right field leads to the possibility of him being injured. And they cannot afford... He is the one player that they cannot afford him going down for any long period of time. And this is the guy that... that uh, Hair's muscles reaching up over the wall in, in in a spring training game. This is the guy who gets l- literally lost in the netting where he has to be extricated by the jaws of life because he's all tangled up. Like they, This is the kind of thing he does. Dan, we literally have a bobblehead of... Of a famous near miss? Of a famous don't catch the ball. Let someone else catch the ball. And as an organization... The White Sox are like, yeah, that's hilarious. It's hilarious that time where we kind of told Eloy to let Kelly Leak come over here and take everything from him because they don't trust you to catch the ball. It's right here. It's these two guys. Yeah, that doesn't happen if he doesn't have a glove. And it's Eloy starting and then going and pulling up lame so often, I, you got to stay healthy. And this goes for the entire roster. But specifically him. Especially him. He, him. Like, he's got to stay healthy if they have any chance. Because I don't know what Grandal is coming back. I don't know what he is as a player anymore. I don't know what Tim Anderson is anymore. Yes! Like, these are all questions, but I know that that guy can hit. And they need him in the middle of the lineup. Now, there was something else that was said yesterday by Aloy that has also got me a little bit perplexed. And also has to do with internal communication. We're going to let you hear that. We'll discuss it. Stick around. Bernstein and Holmes here on The Score. Dan Bernstein, Lawrence Holmes. Man, Bernstein and Holmes, best show in radio. I love it, boys. Middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score. What? Are you ready for White Sox baseball, Dan? No. I'm really not yet. Yeah, I'm not there either. This is a weird sports time, depending on the the, the mode that you're in, because football's still so good, and we've got these big games coming up. The Bulls look like they're they're starting to plug some holes a little bit and play a little bit. But I think they've won like 11 to 17, yep. so I'm, you know, I'm kind of there. Although I am... I, I, I'm much more ready. If this makes sense, I'm ready for baseball. I'm ready for the World Baseball Classic much more than I'm ready for the White Sox. I, I don't, I just, it's hard to explain. I, I don't mind the, the more abstract idea of baseball I'm kind of into. Okay. And I know I'm getting all this stuff because my, my son's high school team, they're all doing a spring training in Orlando. Oh, that's so cool. The, 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 all the squad, the varsity and the JV are all heading down to the, the Disney property there, and there's a tournament where they're going to be playing, and, and it just sounds awesome. Lawrence, I told you where I went for my spring break, right? For the uh, college trip that I had in college. Oh, right? yeah. The college trip I had in college. Tell the people. <laughs> Harrison, Arkansas. Twice. What's there? Nothing. Nothing. He'll just, never go back. Just baseball? Oh, misery. Just, just, just fields? Sadness. 
Is it one of those tournaments where you go and, and, and teams of all D1 guys just beat the crap out of you? Not really. Okay. We were Juco, but they right. had been playing for months already. Yeah. So. Yeah, because that's that's no fun. We ran into a couple teams in the in the club league this summer where we went down to one game. It was uh, at, at Indiana. Uh, was it Northwest? Uh, Northwest Purdue? Northwest? Whatever it is, that yeah. field. And and. This team was just like, good lord! I watched them run around in warmups, and then I saw everybody, and they're like, uh, "Yeah, that's uh, state champs, and uh, that guy's D one, that guy's D one, that guy's D one, that's D two, D two." I was like, "Is there a guy on the team who doesn't have a full ride?" Somebody like, "No." Like, oh boy, great. Okay, <laughs> that ball hit deep, <laughs> way back. There's Blanco. <laughs> yeah. so, so, was it at least warm? It was like 45, 50. Oh, that's not oh. Even worth it. Yeah, great. Harrison, Arkansas. Yeah, that's, never again. It sounds like, like a like a prison camp or something. Well, like they're taking you down. There's punishment. Well, never again is a good phrase. But there, I, yeah, Mike but I'm, I'm ready for baseball. I am not ready for the White Sox. And I and with every passing day, I'm more concerned. Well, Dan, you're gonna be less not ready for White Sox baseball after you hear this. This is. Eloy yesterday, he had a a very fun Zoom with reporters, and he was asked about the leadership vacuum of Jose Abreu moving on to the Astros and who might step into that breach of leadership. Hey, Eloy, do you have people on this team that you feel like can be leaders uh, in the absence of of Abreu now that he's gone? Are there other people who can step up in his place? I don't know. Uh, Like... I don't know. I don't have uh, the answer of that. Like I know, uh, if I tell you a name, I don't. I don't think I'm gonna tell you because it's like that, you know. So I'm not gonna lie. Oh, dude. So I feel like there are at least two, and maybe three different answers that he could have given that would have been better. Well, I off the top of my head, here's what I would like to have heard. Okay. I would like to have heard him say, I can be one of those guys. That's one and, of the ways he could have answered. Okay. He could also have said, we have a whole locker room filled with people who are ready to step into that role and take up that responsibility. That's another way he could have handled it. Because Jose prepared us for that, and he was see, he set such a great example that now it's it's our turn to lead. The other way that he could have said answered it is, look at what we have in here. Like Lucas Giolito is a great teammate and leader. Lance Lynn is a great teammate and leader. Tim Anderson is a great teammate and leader. The fact that he didn't take any of the three doors that were offered to him. And his choice was shrug. I don't know. And I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to name any names. I, I don't know. I'd be lying to you if I told you a name. It, it doesn't feel great. It doesn't feel like the answer that the White Sox would like to have out there publicly and I would already, about their leadership vacuum. But not to mention, when a manager steps into this role, one of the first things that you do one of the very first things that you do if you're a manager or a coach is you start talking to your important players and empowering your important players and letting them know, hey, I'm, I'm going to need you. I'm counting on you. I'm going to need you. You, you're, you are important. The example that you set is important. 
you're going to matter. Like you, I, you, you want them, you know, crawling all over each other for those leadership positions. You want if there's going to be some internal vote on captains, and I don't know if, if Grafal's going to name captains or not, or what that means to him. But you want all these guys at this stage, whether it's Grandal or Tim Anderson or everybody who's been, you, you want them all empowered and all told how much their their leadership, either either vocally or by example, matters to the team. And that way, when that question is asked. Instead of a guy saying, I don't know, I don't know if you replace it. I could give you a name, but I'd probably just be making somebody up and that wouldn't be fair. Just say, we're all ready. We will be ready because this White Sox team is going to be ready. It's such a, uh, if it feels like the, the second answer that you gave is the right one. We learned so much from Jose about how to go about our business. It's hard to not be around someone like that for the last four seasons and not pick up the habits that he exemplified from a leadership standpoint. So there's a collective of us that can that can do it. Like we learn from that guy and and now it's on us to push that forward. I, <sighs> I really was hoping for I'm ready to lead. And I get that 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 is a that's a lot to put on a player, and it's a lot to kind of put yourself ahead of the team as some. But if if you're just saying I'm ready for a bigger role, and all all of us are going to have to do more, but I I specifically am ready for a bigger role, and feel like I've got a, a lot of respect in this clubhouse. I I know the game. I was really hoping that he would say that. The The answer that I was hoping he wouldn't say was the thing that he actually said. Here's another chunk from Pedro Grafol inside the clubhouse with David Haw and Bruce Levine. This was his response when he was asked specifically about Yoan Moncada and then broadens it a little bit. Well, we know how valuable he is to this club. And I, I, again, in that being in that division for a long time, I've seen all these guys. I've seen these guys develop from day one, you know, all the way to, uh, you know, to right now, uh, to today. And, I've seen Moncada be one of the best players in the game, and he's he's motivated. I've spoken to him he um, plenty of times, and he's uh, we've texted back and forth. He's he's working out. He's in a good place. He's in a good place mentally. Um, he realizes, you know, some of the things that uh, he's going to have to, you know, fix and work on uh, from last year. Uh, again, you know, this is a very talented roster, and we need everyone on this roster. Just to just to be themselves, you know, and go about the game the right way, and, and play the game hard, respect the game, respect the uniform, uh, respect the fans, uh, the organization, and you know, and, and we're we're going to do that as a club, and we're going to do that as individuals, and and I believe that these guys are going to come out with the chip on their shoulder to, um, you know, to do something special. I really do. Dan, you brought up the concept of internal messaging, and how this stuff with with Eloy has been. The, the internal messaging has not been great here. Why? I wish I had an answer for it. I, 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 I have no idea. It, it, that's the, it's the simplest thing to do when someone steps into the position that, that Grafola stepped into. It's one thing to say everybody be themselves, but you can identify. And you tell everybody that you, you want them to lead. 
There's no downside to that. You tell everybody, every veteran in that clubhouse. I'm not talking about some kid coming in, you know, Romy Gonzalez or, or Oscar Colas. That, that 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 would be an unreasonable expectation. But this is what year five, year six, to be year five Eloy? Of, of Eloy. Yeah, year five. You're expected to be a 40 home run hitter and an all star. You were a top top prospect. It's time, and and it's something as simple as. I, I need you to, to be one of my veteran leaders in this clubhouse and let him know it directly and have him say, I got you, Skip. You can count on me. I, I kept thinking, like, did someone tell Eloy, look, man, you're never going to get paid if you're just a DH. Did, is that in his mind? And I keep coming back to, if you hit enough home runs, it it won't matter if you hit enough home runs they're going to pay you that's all look at the last 10 years of nelson cruz's career get out of the park if if you're a 150 weighted runs created oh, plus shoot. player you're an going to get paid but i just feel like someone along the line is like look man if you can only hit, you're you're not gonna. And I get that you do want to be as versatile as possible, but uh, if you can't play the positions, you're not really valuable. To wrap this up, uh, a text from long-suffering White Sox fan uh, Bill on Capitol Hill, the captain of the uh, Curse the Darkness rather than Light a Candle crew, and he writes. Hegel argued that a tragedy was a conflict of rights. Scott Hegel? I think the philosopher. Oh. Frederick, is that right? He says, anyone can understand why Jerry Reinsdorf doesn't trust Sox fans. It's also easy to see why Sox fans, even the ones whose lips don't move when they read, don't trust Reinsdorf. Part of the problem is they understand each other too well. We've all talked in real time in the early days of this team that the Eloy, Robert, Moncada, Sox weren't just going to redeem the rebuild. They were going to redeem the Reinsdorf years. And Reinsdorf saw it the same way. So he moved to redeem his own mistake in La Russa. Now that too has curdled, and we're in so many ways worse than we started. This team had a shot at taking over Chicago, perhaps even baseball. It still might if a bunch of ifs come through. But it will be in spite of ownership, literally in spite of it and not because of it. When you think of how revolutionary Reinsdorf once was, it's hard to find a more tragic ending in the new therapy speak of emotional labor the socks make you do so much of it yes he's right about that the emotional labor is a lot on white Sox fans he brought up something that we were talking about at some point in february we'll we'll do the topic but they missed that chance they had it and it's over with Especially when you look at the offseason that the Cubs had, which wasn't perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but they at least, like you, you had things were on the downtrend for them when they were supposed to be on the upswing for you, and yet you weren't able to fully capitalize on it, which goes back to what you were saying about what happened over the last two seasons. You just kind of gave it away. It's just a shame. It's it's just too bad, and you can't get it back. You get you gave away all of that excitement that was being generated by your fan base 
and then being reflected by the organization. Change the game. Change the game. Yeah, yeah, yes. That's that's what we're doing. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then police scratch. Police the game. Yep. <laughs> Bring in the baseball. Right, police. I, 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 I'm not a bat flip long distance here. I'll, I'll, I'll be the judge of whether or not it's sincere or not. And police the game. Shrink the game. And he apologizes to the twins for your mean Mercedes. And bunch swinging on. Th- I mean the game. The diet and walk guys twice. Two times. Yeah, yeah. He did it twice. He did it twice. Twice. But <laughs> you went to the United Center yesterday. You got a chance to go behind the scenes with the Chicago Bulls and talk to a bunch of people. Let's talk about that and talk about the game. Let's talk about the Bull next on The Score. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.